Want to cut cooling bills without cutting comfort? Lower utility costs and enjoy cool and consistent comfort with a highly efficient air conditioner from Luxair. With Luxair's consumer rebate program, educators, nurses, first responders, military personnel, and veterans can enjoy exclusive rebates on qualifying purchases of Luxair equipment. To learn more, call Chris Brewer at Affordable Heat and Air, 317-656-7945. They'll recommend a system tailored to your home that provides comfort, energy savings, and lasting performance. The month of May continues in Indianapolis. Some good memories for some, not so much for some others that I speak with on a regular basis uh, and trade texts with. Highlights from the late 90s, early 2000s, courtesy of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network. Welcome to Trackside, 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. Kevin Lee, Kurt Cavan, Eddie Garrison is in our Indianapolis studios back tonight. Day two of practice is complete, uh, and we are two for two in no issues. That's fantastic. And some storylines developing. Kurt, a lot of things that we think we thought are being confirmed so far. Yeah, yeah, they are. And we, you say we had no incidents. We had one that almost was a big a one, but uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I want to start with, I didn't remember that you were in turn two for the 2002 Indianapolis 500. So you almost had a shot to uh, to call the controversial moment in turn three between Elio and Paul Tracy. Well, I saw the crash. It was right in front of me. And you can even hear um, me mention, I think it was Laurent Rodon. Is that his name? What was his That's name? That's right. That, Laurent that crash Rodon. that, yeah, that my mic came opening because normally when there's a crash they go back to whatever turn it was and he crashed right in front of me and but we don't have control to put ourselves on or off the air we have the ability to talk in intercom and that might have been just a case where you know i'm talking to my spotter next to me trying to confirm who it is or uh, i don't remember but you know you can hear and that's the mass confusion and the challenge if you're the the studio producer the the mixer of where to go and and it was the right call not to go back to cover up that crash it didn't really matter who it was at that point it mattered who is leading the race because that was the question but yeah that's where i started i did turn two in 01 02 and 03 so i saw the race decided uh and 02 and 03 in front of me that crash that ended it and then the next year i saw Jill DeFerrin get by Elio Castroneves around lap traffic uh, that he did not navigate it as well. And that's when Elio lost the lead or he would have been a three-time winner. Or, according to some, he would have won in 01 and 03 and finished second <laughs> in 02. Depends on who you ask. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah I'm, I'm glad you weren't the one to say that, that uh, Elio won the 02 race. You weren't making that call because now you have to have a you know you have this relationship with Paul Tracy and that wouldn't go over well if he had to hear that ringing in his ear on a regular oh, basis fine. yeah that is no I don't think he's fine I don't think he's fine no he's but, not uh, fine but he wouldn't blame it on me he wouldn't blame <laughs> it on me uh on that one but uh yeah those are interesting oh by the way I've had a couple of tweets on this I need it's been suggested we get Barry Green on, and I know I have an email and the thousand emails I've received in the last three weeks offering him up. So if you've gotten that email and you want to coordinate that, I would say I'm limited on opportunities to do anything right now other than talk. Um, 
But I'm happy to have Barry on the show. But I think he's got a new book out about his career, and I'm sure that race is a part of it. And I remember on uh, this time slot, sort of this radio station on 1070 WIBC, I remember uh, having Barry Green on the show a few days. And this, you know, at the time, was I was not nearly as involved in motorsport and and didn't have the understanding of the nuances that I, I think I do now. Uh, I, w- I started in the turns because that's a play-by-play job. You don't have to fully understand the sport. And the two guys sitting next to me you know, knew uh, probably less than I did, Joe Hillman and Jack Trudeau. But we had a great discussion with Barry Green, and he convinced us that, that his guy, Paul Tracy, won the race. But that was fascinating. And uh, I sorry, I'm sorry we went down that path. That's a story for another time. Let's talk about today. Take it away. So, by the way, Gordon Kirby wrote that book. He's done a lot of historical books. Actually, by the way, Barry wrote a lot of that book himself. So that'll be interesting. Really smart guy, obviously, for the position he was in for so many years as a as the you know the strategist and and kind of the lead guy at at uh, many different teams, including his own Andretti Green Racing. But um, another Ganassi beatdown, as far as I'm concerned, Marcus Erickson and Scott Dixon go 1-2 on the overall speed chart, 229.6 by Erickson, fastest of the month, fastest of the last two days, I should point out. Scott Dixon second at 229.2, effectively, and then the rest of the Ganassi guys were good as well, all in the top nine, with Sato seventh and Polo ninth. Maybe not as convincing as as yesterday's performance, but fastest on the no toe sheet. Which, by the way, I don't I don't put a lot of stock in because I'm not sure anybody really gets a lot of great no toe times. Meaning, there's always somebody swirling around the racetrack, the air moving and yeah. helping, and and so forth. But you do keep that stat. Um, at least they they wipe out the laps that uh, where you had somebody within. Now I'm hearing ten seconds in front of you. Uh, so they they do keep track of of these no toe sh- laps and. Marcus Erickson was the fastest there as well. So he was asked today in a post-race press conference, hey, should we just all go home right now? Is number two in the bag for for you or or another one for Chip Ganassi Racing? And it was Connor Daly jumped right up. He said, oh, no, 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 no. My my team will have something for it, and especially my, my teammate, Ed Carpenter, as we get to qualifying, as he goes for his – what I've kind of lost track. I think he's won three poles. Maybe yes, yeah. I think it's three, and uh, so he'll be good in qualifying. I th- I think the Carpenter cars will be good in qualifying. I saw somebody ask the question: Do you think Ganassi sweeps the front row? I don't. I think two of them will be on the front row, but I think somebody else will jump in there today. The the third best lap time came from Simon Pagano Meyer Shank Racing. Uh, fittingly, a good birthday present for Simon, uh, who turns 39 today. Uh, Will Power was fourth, and Colton Hurd a fifth. And the rest of the top ten looks like this. Connor Daly, Takuma Sato, as I mentioned, Pato Award, Alex Pillow, and Alexander Rossi. I'm still not sure what to make of today. In fact, I mean, I think I, I know less about today than I did yesterday, other than the fact that I think Ganassi's pretty good. And the reason I say that, if you look across the teams, and I did a chart here in the 15 minutes I had before we uh, started the program, it seems like every team has got somebody that's that's 
better than the rest of their teammates. The one maybe example other than the Ganassi team is Harold McLaren, which had two in the top ten. You know, Meyer Shank, for example, has got Pagano third, Elio 18th. Penske's got Power fourth, Joseph Newgarden and Scott McLaughlin 20th and 24th, respectively. Graham Rahal was 12th, which was the only top 20 speed for Rahal Letterman Lanigan. But he said, I, I think I'm the worst car by myself in the bunch. So we'll have to see how that goes. Hunkos Hollinger, 15th for Canapino, 32nd for Eilat. So that's kind of an example of we have teams that have somebody that's pretty good. Here's another one. Connor Daly, 6th for ECR. The other two, 30th and 31st on the speed chart. So we've got a lot of discrepancy even within the teams. And that's where you need to talk to them, and then it's do you trust them. And often it's off-air. The the on-the-air interview, it it still might tell you, because especially when they get out of the car, sometimes the emotions are raw, and you – you can't really read the quote sheet. You need to see them and look at body language. And if you know them well enough, I can often get a sense as to whether it's going okay or whether it's uh-oh. And, for example, I asked Hinch near the end of the day on Peacock when Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan was 32, 33, and 34, and his basic response was, yeah, it's uh-oh time. Uh, I'd be majorly concerned. Then Graham found a lap towards the end when everyone was running at traffic. Uh, Harvey had never been at the bottom. He was the one that was not in the bottom, and he had always been around mid-pack or so. But and, and that's one of the ones that we just wondered about. They were not particularly fast last year, and we wondered, did they find something, and did they find enough? I'm sure they found something. Everybody keeps getting better, and that's the thing. Everybody keeps getting better. If you watch the end of the Peacock archive, in the last 10 minutes we did uh, little graphics just kind of breaking down team by team like you're talking about about where everybody was. By the way, uh, patting ourselves on the back, but it's not me. I got nothing to do with it. But our graphics department is on it, on yeah. the Peacock, NBC Sports, IMSP uh, broadcast. So yesterday, you know, I would do the team by team, and I'm just hunting and pecking, look to my left at timing and scoring, and then eventually said, you know, it's on the monitor. Just look at your television screen. And I wasn't expecting that because in previous years, and I get it, I understand it, but we have had very limited personnel in the truck. It's kind of been more of a small-scale production, and the producer might also be doing graphics, but everybody had two, three, four, five jobs, so I've just come not to expect a whole lot. And they have been adding things, and I'm pulling things out of thin air for previous stories, and they've got video I don't know how many people we got back there, but it feels like a real race weekend <laughs> broadcast. And that is quite impressive when you're talking about six and eight hour shows. So thank you to IMSP and NBC Sports uh, on behalf of the fans of, of going all out for these practice shows. I hope people have enjoyed them. Amen. I, I noticed the same thing. And then you made the comment about how quickly the graphics have come up. So I did talk to several people. Let's go back to Graham for just a minute. He's very happy with his race car. Tell me when we've heard that story before. He's very happy with his race car. He said, I can I can do all kinds of things. Uh, now, he said, though, I'm the worst of our group in in raw speed. And he said, truth of the matter is Catherine Lake's probably our fastest car now. We've all kind of feared that that car might be in that, you know, bottom six, six, seven cars. And if she's the fastest one in their crew, 
Well, that that doesn't bode too well. So now, good for her. And if that's true, we'll see how it shakes out. But that tells me that they are truly in uh uh-oh mode as it relates to qualifying. Now, most of our listeners know this, but for those driving around Indianapolis don't know what the next couple days mean, tomorrow is Frass Friday. All the teams will have the option to run or will run uh, extra boost. The boost will increase the horsepower upwards of about 100 100, uh, horsepower. And so you're going to see speeds climb from last year was five and a half miles per hour for the top of the chart. And then the uh, pole speed ended up being six and a half miles an hour faster than we had seen on Thursday. So this boost is going to push the speeds up. And as David Malukas, I asked him about it because last year was his first experience running regular boost on Thursday and then switching. And he's like, he said, I was just, I was just holding on tight, screaming. He said it was such a, such a, a truly a boost. And so we're going to find out, you know, how the cars react. He says, Malukas said it's, it's a, it's like driving a different race car uh, for the first few laps. So it'll be interesting to see which team harnesses that speed the best. And, so that may throw another whole wrinkle into the equation, but we're going to see speeds climb tomorrow. And which engine manufacturer uh, makes the most out of the extra horsepower that is available. So that might change things up a little bit. And I noted, you know, when we saw in the no-tow report, maybe you still have it in front of you, but I think Will Power ended up number one there, and the Penske's were pretty good. But Will Power was also the fastest on the Thursday no-tow report last year. Now, he did make it into... The, the fast 12, he was the only one of the Penske's that did it. So he wasn't terrible, but not quite as quick. So that doesn't tell the whole story. So Ganassi, that car of. Oh, of that's Marcus right. Erickson ended up fast. Yeah, yeah he did he that ended late up in the day. The yes. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And we were surprised that he found clean enough track to qualify for a, a no toe speed. But there were a couple that did in the last hour and a half or so so yeah that's no surprise the ganassis are good we're pretty sure the era mclarens are good um we know that the penskis are okay and the andrettis are okay we don't know yet i don't think whether they're real good whether they're like front row possibilities or not uh we think the ed carpenter cars are good i know that they were down on the speed chart overall today but they were relatively high on the noto report so i will still be surprised if they're not a factor. You know, I, the, the stat I rolled out today, eight of the last 10 years, front row starter, one of the other years, fourth, the other year, 10th. So that's the only time they haven't been on the front two rows. And a couple of those times they have had two front row starters. So I'm with you. I do not think there's a Ganassi front row s- sweep, partly just because of odds. The odds say that one of them is going to get a bad draw in qualifying um, and then, you know, maybe end up 11th. And then that means you go out earlier when it's warmer on day two. So I just think some circumstance will lead to that. And and somebody else is going to nail it. One of the Carpenter cars, one of the McLaren cars, maybe one of the Penske cars. So I'd say that's the case. Uh, But I like the odds of, of it going really well, generally speaking, for Chip Ganassi racing. Oh, uh, Hunkos Hollinger. Anybody here from Calumila late in the day? Any, you know, we we heard him on the air at it right around five o'clock, and he said it's better, but didn't 
still sound super optimistic about the state of affairs. I, I would agree with that assessment. I heard, I overheard him as I was uh, made a made a stop by his pit box and his body language and the way he was delivering the message didn't sound like he was uh, ready to throw the birthday party for, for Pagano. Um, you know, he, he has to be, oh, I don't want to use the word, you know, spooked or anything like that, but he has to be a little bit unedged by this. It didn't go well for him last year. Now he's had a car that's not been very good. Uh, he, his confidence ha- can't be where he'd like it to be to be comfortable to make this race and, and to perform at the level that, that, uh, that he would like. Um, again, I, you know, he's a, he's a confident race car driver and if the car is good, he'll, he'll be able to drive it. But last year didn't go well. And, and this year has been a struggle as well. So that's, you know, certainly one that as the storylines are be beginning to develop, you talk about drivers and the things they say or the things they don't say and the things they say off air. I thought one of the most revealing things I heard today was the apprehension in Kyle Moyer's voice at, at Team Penske. He had a real sense of, yeah, I'm not sure what to make of this. You know, and, and he said it in, a, in such a way, I've known Kyle you know, 30 years and, and that was not, he, he always, he never comes out in his pure excitement, but by the same token, you could hear the apprehension in his voice there. I don't think team Penske's, you know, in that top eight to 10 conversation like they would like to be. I think even if they were one, two today in a different configuration, different scenario than this weekend, I think that might still be the answer because I've not talked to Kyle about this, but Newgarden has said this, and I think Power or McLaughlin, I've heard them say it as well. I've talked to Joseph about it. We thought we were fine last year, and we just weren't good enough. Yeah. Uh, so until you get, even tomorrow is not, in, unless you get just clean track and you know your chief competitors have gotten a clean run and are going all for it, which is another story. Uh, you're not going to know. So we're going to find out on Saturday, and this is going to be fascinating. And Hinch and I explored what we've talked about as well. He's he's with me. Top 12. You need – Saturday does matter for qualifying. Uh, I know we're going to remember who wins the poll and who gets bumped, but to win the race, you need to get to that fast 12 qualifying on Sunday unless something extreme happens. Well – I thought uh, I thought the point you made, and I'm sure you you had done the research, and now I'm trying to find the uh, the breakdown of it. But it was it was uh, telling to say the least. But the last six years, maybe it's five. I think it's the last six years. Everybody who won the race started in the top eight, and almost all of them had started in the top five. Here it is: the last the last uh, five years uh, have all been you know top five except for the eighth place start and so you know and before that you had had guys win from all sorts of positions you know famously ryan hunter ray started 19th so it has been more of a you better start up front because the pace is frantic and you know it's difficult to pass up front and so you better be up there Looking also at the bottom, because that's what you do when somebody has to go home. I see Stefan Wilson was 33rd. I don't know what to make of that. And, and here's what I will say with this. I walked through the garage this morning, 
and checked in with with Anders Krohn, our friend who helps run the program and is Stefan's longtime friend, and then Don Cusick, the owner. Uh, and and both we're doing nothing but qualifying sims today, so you're not going to see us out there. We're going to do short runs. So they're just looking as much as they can for open track. So that could be one of those where they're 33rd, but they are, you know, 20th or something like that. And I know they were happy with the car yesterday. So I'd be surprised if uh, things went awry. But did we not? I think we heard from Hunter Ray today, and he wasn't as pleased today as he was yesterday. And that's the team car with Dreyer and Ryan. Yeah, that's true. They You spoke of... Uh of Wilson, they only ran 53 laps. I think there was only one other driver that ran as few. Actually, there were two. Canon, Canon ran nine. No, let's see. Yeah, that, he ran 47. 47 laps. 47 laps. We had a couple drivers on the other end of the scale run 164 laps. That was Rossi and Malukas. So those guys were were wow. were working on something different. Uh, but you know. The other thing about Callum Eilat, I hate to jump back to that, but his fastest lap was on lap four, you know, very early in the session. Then he ran 67 more laps and couldn't get there. So, And and maybe they loaded up more on fuel trying to find a balance. I I don't know what they were doing. I don't know if that's qualifying sim or not. And that early, I I think he had a little bit of a draft to help him out that, but – uh, faster than than yesterday, so we shall see, and we will know a lot more tomorrow. But you know, let, let's say this: How many are worried? And going back to my pessimistic outlook on things, and just being worried uh, because if I'm not in the top twenty, maybe top fifteen, it's kind of like a basketball coach. Uh, I, I remember asking coaches, you know, why are you still pressing high school games? When you're up 20 with a minute and a half, and that's because they literally thought they could lose the game. So they kept attacking up 20 with a minute and a half left in the game. And I suspect if you're involved in a race team at the Indy 500 where one is going home, if unless you're Penske, Ganassi, uh, maybe not even all of the Andretti cars, you're generally a little bit concerned because you just don't know. But let's go beyond the really pessimistic view how many are concerned that we are not 100% certain we're making the race or 99% well, certain? I think you'd have to, so, you know, include some, some portion of Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan. I mean, they got four mm-hmm. cars. And if, if, uh, if Graham, you know, he, he obviously doesn't speak for everyone on the team, but, you know, he, he knows what's happening across their landscape. I think that has to be one. You know, I don't know RC Enerson. They know they have an uphill battle, so that obviously is one. But they were 28th today. By the way, a shout out: uh, Santino Ferrucci, 11th today after being in the top five yesterday. So back to back good days for the Foyt team and the 14 yep. car. Um, but I think you know, then you start looking at Ilot and and yep. maybe to a, another degree Ca- Canapino because you know they're the same team. So I think you there and they're one of the smaller teams, if you will. But, you know, Lundgaard. And maybe you just go ahead and list all the rookies. I, I think it's yep. just, you just put the rookies on the list, not designating and you're singling anyone out. But uh, that's where it's going to be a different feel tomorrow. When they get the extra horsepower, they will adjust to that. And 
things go down the wrong path, it's harder for them to climb out of it. So I would just unilaterally say all four rookies. Uh, I feel like because of what Coin has done in the past, I, I feel better about Stingray Rob, about them figuring it out. And I feel pretty optimistic about Peterson, too, because he's got a team car that's fast, but still has to be on the list. Somebody has to be on the list, and I think the number is you know somewhere in the 6-7 range that is not super comfortable right now. Agreed. Agreed. And, so. and beyond, but it is the deeper, because it's not just getting bumped. You do not want to be on that last row. You need to be 30th, because then all you are is a cut tire away or a blown engine out of your control of missing the race if you are in that last row shootout it is oh my i I hope it goes well because if something out of our control goes away you may not get a second opportunity the engine won't cool down it is going to be tough to replicate that so that's it if if, that's why the number tends to be a little bit bigger than just who is going to be 34th you need to be in the top 30 so that's how that number probably is more like eight and and some i'll still stand by somebody we don't expect is going to be really concerned well and we've had two as you mentioned incident free days or two days without any damage i should say is a better way of describing we'll get into that shortly but you know if somebody hits the wall tomorrow or saturday yeah. morning they i mean it's gonna be a, yeah it could be a, a real it, troublesome in, unless it's a Penske car, a Ganassi car, um, most of the other Andretti car. You know, we can go down the list. Some, but if, if it's one of these teams that you might think about if they're in the, the bottom half or if it's a younger driver, yes, they move really high on the list. All right, we'll get into that near incident today on pit lane. Your questions at Kevin Lee 23 at Kurt Cavan, hashtag trackside. If you sent it into the Peacock broadcast today, it wasn't answered. Feel free to send it back and we'll do what we can next on trackside. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is Trackside, brought to you by Luxair Premium Residential Systems, a smart choice in home comfort on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Exiting pit lane, that's on board Potter Award. Oh, oh my goodness. That is unbelievable. And that's a red and white car. Is that... Let's confirm which red and white car this is. I believe it's R.C. Enerson. You see the the rookie move, or the rookie, sorry, it was a rookie move, but the rookie sticker on the attenuator there, Pato Award, oh, yeah. rightfully unhappy about that. Start finished now, quite a few of them. What the f*** was that? What the f*** is this guy doing? It's Thursday. And trackside live at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And, of course, it's May. And in Indianapolis, that means racing. A lot of it, including what we just heard in that rejoiner. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. But big-time racing on the dirt at Circle City Raceway on the new all-clay surface. Friday night, it's the second annual C.J. Rayborn tribute. 10,000 to win super late models and Boss 410 sprints. Then next Wednesday and Thursday, it's a USAC 
Amsoil Sprint Car National Championship, Circle City Raceway at the Marion County Fairgrounds. Discount for military, first responders, veterans, seniors, teachers, and ticket information at CircleCityRaceway.com. The news of the day at the Speedway probably should be that rejoiner, the clip we heard from Pato Award and R.C. Enerson. But we're going to focus first on... A preview for next year's Indianapolis 500 as one of the competitors who's not in a car this week was on property. Kyle Larson, the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series champion, was here today with Jeff Gordon and and others from the Hendrick Motorsports Group. They are spending the day or have spent the day embedded with Aero McLaren, which they will race with next year. And it's news, not only because Kyle was here, uh, but this will be his only day during this month of May to be with the team and see what goes on. We don't have yet a date for when Kyle will actually be in a race car for a test or just a shakedown even, but it'll be a test. And I expect that'll be mid-October for sure. That's when IndyCar has had, the last few years, has had a test uh, involving you know a couple different drivers representing the manufacturers and they've allowed rookies to uh to get their rookie orientation done so i expect we'll at least see kyle then uh depending on the schedule surely that'll be working for him but if not there'll be other days so kyle larson got a chance today to see the speedway and the action involved we can talk about kyle but kevin the real interesting I, thing well i have one that? more question on that because uh, okay. I was not available to go to the press conference that he had, did he confirm that it's a two-year commitment? He did not. The question did did not come up, and then he was off to to be with Arrow McLaren. Uh, so, still still not confirmed on that. Okay. Um, but uh, we'll see. I think you know he just he deferred uh, some questions about you know what he expects because and what questions he'll ask because. He goes, look, I need to at least be in a car or prepare to be in a car because it may be several months before I'm in a car. You know, he actually um, he he said, I, I have I have excitement, but I'm also kind of nervous about this is <laughs> anxiety. Well, he's changed was, his mind some over the years. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you know, he watched the cars today. It was funny. It was the press conference. And I wrote about this on IndyCar.com. He was watching the or listening to the press conference as you know taking questions from the media but he was glancing at the tv board throughout i mean he was wanting to see not only those cars pushed out but those first early laps on the speedway he he was he was in tune with what was going on on the racetrack and the questions were were kind of secondary not not really a surprise but you know he he was focused on on the television screen so it'll be fun to have kyle here uh, Mark Gillespie at Whiskey Cast. Good to hear from you, Mark. Asks, and this will lead you to your next point. Did RC Anderson get called into race control for that boneheaded move in turn one? Is how Mark puts it. Uh, I'm sure there was a conversation. Of course, uh, I would think it's tw- the entire team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it's, it's I think others. that's right. Yeah, there seemed to be a, a a communication issue relative to who was talking on the radio in a very busy time of the, of the race uh, activity or the track activity, and he darted, you know, from the racing line basically uh, to the uh, acceleration lane in turn one and swooped right in front of Pato Award, who was clearly 
already past the pit exit. So he was, you know, that's a that's a tough spot. I, I don't know how they didn't make contact. And yeah, the whole team, I suspect, got a got a conversation from from everyone at the top. Yeah, I would assume that is frowned upon in any circumstance, but it might be forgiven if everyone if if there's no one around. And you have to make sure there is no one. I don't think there's any scenario where you are it's one to ask. I'll I'll ask this. I think we may have a call with race control uh tomorrow morning, so we'll see if that comes up. But is there any scenario where that is permitted to try to get out of the way of people or say you have a broken car? Uh, could you come down at the end of the front straight there? My guess is it's highly discouraged, but if everybody is in communication and there's no one on pit lane, you know, they probably would forgive it pretty easily. In this case, we're all pretty lucky. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because that would have been uh, really bad for two different cars. I'm looking for the – there was a, a conversation that was captured and then and then transcribed about uh, what was communicated after the fact to R.C. Enerson by his spotter. And it was basically, look, it's a busy time. I'm paraphrasing here because I haven't found it yet. But it's a busy time, and you got to check with me. You have to – you have to listen to the spotter uh, to know whether you have clearance to do something like that. This could have been really bad. And, and I think what uh, Dylan Welch heard down on pit lane from talking to the team is that the spotter was trying to talk to him, but someone from the pit stand started talking and that stepped on the spotter or the pit stand was talking to him and the spotter couldn't get through. I'm not sure what the order is there. And that's where you know I kind of mentioned that well, I wish there was – I hope there is a system, no matter what's going on, that the spotter, if he hits the button, it shuts everybody else up, and, and you should hear hear the spotter. So uh, disaster avoided, and we move on. Tom Duffy says, do cars keep the boost for the rest of the weekend in the race? No, they do not. They have the ability to turn it up tomorrow and for the two qualifying days, and then it goes back to the same level of horsepower on Monday – Carb day, Friday, and race day as what we have seen today and yesterday. Uh, also, question from yeah, all of these are oh, Don Davis asked this one. Big D cart. Can IndyCar Media ever come up with a better question than what'd you learn? So he's right. There, there is a better way to ask questions at times, but I have done that many times. And, and here's the thing. We could try to show how intelligent we are and how unique we are with questions and really get into it. But you know what? That is what I want to know. Uh, and sometimes it's just, hey, you know the question. Just talk. Tell us how the car is. So, well, I, yes. But, uh, but I, I do want to know, what did you learn? How was your car? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, it's a very good question, actually, because, you know, a lot of times the question rambles on and, and the, the driver or the athlete is trying to figure out what the point of the question is when we really just want to know what we learn and I think rather than tell us about want to show day, we're smart yeah tell us about your day that's what i don't like so at least I there was a question one. there yeah yeah and tell us is one that we should avoid i'm sure i've been guilty of that as well because it's still just another way of phrasing is you know uh, there was really nothing to script in your race that I'm, I'm familiar with. So tell us how it went. You know, when you're interviewing uh, 11th, right? When we have those 45-minute fills, when we get 
if there's nothing happened, even Pato Award that I talked to, uh, who finished second, he was. I don't remember what the question was, but I did not have a particular question other than I think I eventually got to what might you have needed to be able to challenge. And he was 17 seconds behind. So I I still don't know what the question is. Feel free to let me know the questions. I can use all the help I can get. Well, and here's the other thing. You know, we can all focus in on four or five drivers or four or five storylines. But we, when you get down to, like you said, talking to the 11th place guy, he's been nondescript in this race. It's not like you can keep track of everyone. So I'll defend you. All right. Um, what else have we missed? I've got too many things in my Twitter uh, feed to be able to extract questions that are exactly for us. Why doesn't the hashtag trackside thing work? I hit that last night, and it only showed two things, and one of them was from last week. I know more people have used the hashtag. So Twitter fail. I'm going to blame that on Elon Musk. It used to work. (laughs) I have one. Mark's question is the only one today that shows up when I just simply hit the ha- hashtag trackside. That's not right. No, it's not Twitter right. Twitter fail. By the way, a good um, the question came up about archiving uh, the shows. One of the things, if you have a chance to go back to watch the Peacock broadcast today, that was really interesting. And I saw as as people were in the media center, even stopped and really glued into the to Hinchcliffe describing what all the buttons do on the steering wheel. I get that asked, I get that question a lot, and I think drivers do as well, but I thought Hinchcliffe was excellent in breaking that down. What all do these buttons do? So if you get a chance to go back and, and find that, that was a, I don't, you know, there was a lot of highlights today, but without a lot of dramatic moments, I thought that was a good, uh, a good explanation by Hinch. On my to-do list tomorrow, when I get down to pit lane, I'm going to do a little walk around with somebody again uh, around a car and explain, and more importantly, have someone else explain the arrow options and what we can do. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Just got to note, we are sold out for VIPs for the Prime 47 Burger Bash. We have no more avails. We are likely oversold just a little bit. We're going to make it work. They will be enjoying free Prime 47 uh, food on the inside, free drink from Indie Brew Bus. And I got the tweet this morning, hey, do I have to do the $100 VIP to be able to get something from Prime 47? No, you do not. They are going to be selling their uh, sliders, basically, their, their little burgers on the outside to everyone. And Indie Brew Bus is also going to be selling beverages to everyone so uh it's a free event bring your lawn chairs join us on monday if you didn't hear last night connor daly and joey molinaro are going to be doing their speed street podcast before us it's almost like a warm-up act but it's not it's just the time that works out they're they're going to be on from 6 15 ish to 6 45 uh we'll still be talking to drivers as they come that'll give us a chance to visit with some people and then trackside will be live from seven until eight we're working on i've already got auction items we've got some fun things like we've always had that's going to be Monday from 6 until, oh, 8.15, 8.30, something like that. Simulator is going to be there from Indie Simulation. Lots of good stuff. And we do still have some tickets available for the Silo event uh, at Silo Auto Conservancy 
on Thursday night, next Thursday night, a week from tonight. That is $150, and that is ticketed only, and that's a smaller venue. We're going to have 50, 60 people. Clayton Anderson is going to be playing uh, there. Uh, Derek Daly is going to help me host. I'm not ready to announce it yet, but I'm real close to confirming a very special guest joining us. I do believe some of my NBC uh, comrades are going to be stopping by after we finish our race weekend production meeting. And uh, that is going to be an all-inclusive evening as well. And multiple simulators are going to be on site there as well. So that's at Silo. My Twitter handle, I need to tweet that again at some point, but raceforrp.org is where you can purchase tickets there. Raceforrp.org. And that benefits um, autoimmune disease research and the relapsing polychondritis foundation burger bash benefits the iu simon comprehensive cancer center all right we'll wrap it up see what we missed coming up next on trackside hi whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about cascali ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if cascali is right for you this is mark Erickson, and you're listening to trackside final segment uh, 100 Days to Indy is coming up tonight on the CW. That is on the way in just an hour. And if you don't have the CW, it's on the CW app tomorrow morning. Apologies. I've seen the first 10 minutes. There's uh, a lot of my mug in this one and Hinch as well. But I am told those that have seen the whole episode, it's really good. So we look forward to that. What's coming up at the track tomorrow and also on Saturday in case people don't get to the Friday night podcast. Yeah, we have gates open tomorrow at 10, and uh, racing or track action from noon until 6 tomorrow. Increased speeds, 100 miles, hundred. I said 100 miles an hour more, 100 horsepower yeah. more uh, tomorrow, but speeds will be up 5, 6, 7 miles per hour, so big day tomorrow. And then early Saturday morning, I think there's a practice, a couple of groups starting at 8.30, qualifying from 11 until 5.50. Coverage here on the radio, IndyCar.com, Peacock as well, and there's some NBC coverage, too, at 2.30 on Saturday afternoon. We'll see you tomorrow night at 7. Mike and Jake, Beyond the Bricks, next, talking Eddie Saxon more on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.